Well, today, my brothers and sisters, what I'd like to do is hopefully enable you to come away from this Mass with a little bit deeper understanding of what it is that we're doing here in the Eucharistic liturgy, and uh, maybe with a little bit deeper understanding of the some of the prayers that we pray. Okay. Now, I'm going to do that by focusing on two titles of the Eucharist. There's two ways of speaking about the Eucharist that we hear about today in our readings. First off, from our Gospel, we've got what's called the Bread of Life. And then secondly, and this is a very, very interesting phrase, and it appears in our psalm, it's the Bread of Angels. So the Eucharist as the Bread of Life and the Bread of Angels. Let's first talk about the Bread of Life. We have to ask ourselves, what is the life that's being talked about, that's being referenced here in this in this title for the Eucharist, the Bread of Life? What is this life? Well, I believe it means a lot of things. I can't exhaust the full meaning of it, but certainly I think it's helpful to look at the final phrase of the creed that we recite every Sunday. We say that, I, we say, I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. So the, the life that we're talking about when we talk about the bread of life is the life of the world to come. It is a life that characterizes the resurrection of the dead. This is a life that flows forth from the soul of the person risen from the grave that takes possession of their entire being, including their body. And it endows them with an indestructible life. Very different than the life that we're familiar with here on earth. Okay, we're familiar with bodies that get old and eventually decay and fall apart and die. Okay, that's what we're familiar with when we look both at human beings and animals. But the life of the resurrection, the life of the world to come, is it's in continuity with this life in as much as it involves these very bodies that we have right now. But it's very different in as much as it is an indestructible life, an eternal life. And it is also characterized by glory as well. The life of the world to come, the resurrection of the dead, is all about glory. God's glory but now given to us. Both of these elements, the indestructible life of the resurrection and the glory of the world to come, are seen in Jesus Christ. This is the essence of the Christian faith, that Christ is risen from the dead and that he lives with the indestructible life of the resurrection and that he lives with the glory of God. And his whole being, body, soul, and his every, every dimension of his person is irradiated with God's glory. That is what the Easter religion is all about. That is what the Easter faith is all about. That is what Christianity and the gospel is all about. Now I'm going to draw our attention now to our liturgy. Okay, and I'm going to try to get into some of the meaning of the prayers that we pray. Right before the Eucharistic liturgy, we sing what's called in Latin, called the Sanctus. We know it in English as the Holy, Holy, Holy. 
So we say, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Now, this is a reference to a passage in the prophet Isaiah, wherein we see these angels glorifying God and worshiping him, and they sing holy, holy, holy to God. And so in the Eucharist, we're joining the worship of the angels. We could walk outside right now. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. We could say, wow, heaven and earth are full of God's glory. And there would be a measure of truth to that. But the kind of glory that the angels are talking about is the kind of glory that we do not yet see, but that we will see in the world, in the life of the world to come, and in the resurrection of the dead. Right now, there's a whole process of God's glory that's unfolding, and it has not come yet to its fullness. Okay, we see a lot of evil in the world. We see death. But the glory that's going to fill the whole world at the end, when Jesus comes again, it's going to eliminate all evil. It's going to eliminate all death. And that's the glory that the angels see. And that's the glory that we're talking about when we say heaven and earth is full of your glory. We're prophetically longing for the consummation of all human history. We're longing for the very reason God created the universe. That his glory would fill it to overflowing. And that it would be transfigured, transformed. Just like the body of Jesus Christ risen from the dead, so will all the universe be irradiated with God's glory. And that's what we're speaking about when we say, heaven and earth are full of your glory. And then we go on to say, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because with the coming of Jesus Christ, when he comes again, he is going to bring with him God's glory, and the dead will be raised. And the consummation of all creation will be attained and, and will come to fulfillment. Now what's amazing is that in the Eucharist, in the Eucharistic liturgy, it's not just words. But there's a real anticipation of this world to come. There's a real anticipation of this resurrection life. Of this life irradiated with God's glory. How so? Because... Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead, who right now is participating in the life of the world to come, who right now is irradiated with God's glory, he is made truly present on our altar. So do you see how the life of the world to come is now, it enters into our very space here as we worship, as we offer the Eucharist to God the Father. And then when we receive Holy Communion, into our bodies, it's like a seed that's being planted inside of us, a seed of the resurrection, a seed of God's glory. It's like it's going into us and it hasn't come to, hasn't sprouted yet, hasn't come to full fruition, but it will when Jesus Christ comes again. Okay, that's the bread of life. How awesome is that? An impartation of this amazing life of the world to come, this amazing resurrection, glorious life being given to us in the Eucharist and through Holy Communion. Now we also call the Eucharist the bread of angels. What is this all about? You know, do angels eat? Do they have do they eat Twinkies and Ding Dongs and whatnot? You know, what's going on here with angels, the bread of angels? What are we talking about? Think about that phrase. It's kind of strange, right? Angels don't have bodies. 
They don't eat. So what is it that, that we're talking about? We're talking about the bread of angels. The angels feast on the vision of God. The angels feast on the vision of God. And we go back to the holy, holy, holy. The angels are beholding God. Why do you think they cry out holy three times? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are beholding the glory of the Blessed Trinity. And all they can say is holy, holy, holy. The Lord God of hosts is the Lord God of hosts. They are feasting on the vision of God. Jesus says in the Gospels about the angels, they always do behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. Now this is a vision that's not it's not a bodily vision. It doesn't involve the bodily eye. Okay, it is a vision of the of the mind, of the intellect, illumined by God's grace and more importantly, illumined by his glory. Because right now on earth, we don't possess this vision. We're heading towards it. Right now we walk by faith, not by sight. But at that time, in the consummation of all creation, we, like the angels, will behold God. Again, not with our bodily eyes, but with our minds. Why is this vision likened to or compared to eating? Because both fill us up. They satisfy us. And this vision will be the fullness of satisfied desire. Whatever goodness we could ever want here on earth, that we could ever see in created things, we will find in its absolute plenitude or fullness in the vision of God. There's a beautiful prayer that is you can find in some traditional prayer books. It's prayed after receiving Holy Communion. It says, I beseech you to lead me to that banquet beyond all telling, where with your Son and the Holy Spirit, okay, the Trinity, you are the true light of your saints. Fullness of satisfied desire, consummate delight, and perfect happiness. That's what we're talking about. That's what the angels feast on. That is the vision of God. That is the bread of angels. And this is what we're talking about in our Eucharist now. At the end of the Eucharistic prayer, we go into the communion rite. And at some point in that communion rite, you'll see the priest hold up the host, which is the risen Jesus Christ. And he'll say, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. The supper of the Lamb is communion. But more fundamentally, the supper of the Lamb is that vision of God, that feast that the angels even now participate in, the bread of angels, that fullness of satisfied desire. Now, how does the Eucharist help us achieve that vision? Well, simple enough. If the angels see the face of the Father, how much more so does the Son of the Father see his face? And so the one who is more than anyone else possessed of the vision of God, Jesus Christ himself, is made present on our altars. He enters into our midst. And we receive him, again, in communion like a seed. 
that's planted deep within us, and that's destined to germinate and to sprout in the vision of God, in that true banquet for which we long, for which we wait. This is what Jesus Christ is talking about in our gospel today when he says, Do not labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. That food that he's speaking about is the only food that truly satisfies any good thing that we could want, or that we could have on this earth, is just a mere shadow of the goodness and the fullness of satisfied desire that is the vision of God. This all really, I think, you know, the rubber hits, meets the road, really, when, in my experience, when I minister to those who are sick and to those who are dying or on their deathbed, and the priest brings them Holy Communion. And in that context, Holy Communion is called viaticum, which is a fancy Latin word which means food for the journey. How beautiful is it when a person whose body is falling apart and all they can see is corruption is given the promise of a vision of God. How beautiful is it when the one whose, whose body is falling apart is given the promise and the guarantee of an indestructible resurrected life there in seed form. How awesome that is. My brothers and sisters, that's the hope that we have in the Eucharist. That's what we celebrate in the Eucharistic liturgy. And uh, when we enter more deeply into that reality, that becomes uh, a truth in our life that governs our entire life. We live our whole life by, by that truth. And everything comes into its proper perspective. And uh, suffering that we encounter and hardship, it's all doable because it's just a station on the way to that life of the world to come that resurrection of the dead, made possible by the bread of life, by the bread of angels.